0: Welcome to the Primal Path Podcast. We chat with our tribe to build a stronger connection through our native ways of communication. Learn about our coaches, clients, gym programming, and hear from our local businesses and find out what the latest happenings. Welcome back to the Primal Path Podcast. It's going to be episode 103. We're going to talk about some factors to consider when working on making a positive change to your diet. And we have our, what I like to consider a nutrition expert right here, Nadine, um, with us. And she's going to kind of help walk us through some some steps that we can take to make those changes. We are getting into the holiday season, so this is where all the really good, sugary, high-carbohydrated mm-hmm. food comes in. The cold weather, the cold weather's coming, so that means we're going into comfort clothes yeah. and comfort food. <laughs> um <laughs> And then of course we got all of our pumpkin spice rocking this yeah. time of the year. Are yep. you are you a, are you a pumpkin so I'm spice? A, yeah,
1: I'm super basic. <laughs> 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 like anything pumpkin, anything maple. I'm like phew, this time of year. I'm like I need all of it right like,
0: now. Like what? What are your go tos?
1: Um, I mean, like I like pumpkin coffee a lot, so I have I kind of stacked up on like pumpkin coffee creamer. Um, I like pumpkin oatmeal. I started doing like pumpkin oatmeal. I want to start making pumpkin protein balls. I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised I don't like hate pumpkin. Um, I want to like make a Trader Joe's trip so I can just buy all of their all of their pumpkin stuff.
0: <laughs> so you stock up on it. I like
1: stop. I like stock up on it, and then once like winter like winter really like comes around and it's like past Thanksgiving, then I'm ready to go into like the peppermint mocha stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you, yeah. Do you, do
0: you have like leftover pumpkin stuff by the time? Sometimes I do, end?
1: and I have to kind of like like force myself to like finish it. Or I usually have, like, pumpkin beer that's left over. That's what it is. And then once we hit, like, after Thanksgiving, I just don't really want pumpkin beer anymore. But once we hit, like, September, that's all I want to drink is, is, <laughs> is, is to,
0: anything pumpkin.
1: Like, you know,
0: I, I, I'm never a big fan of the pumpkin drinks or yeah, cinnamon true. spices or anything like that. Now, it's good in some things. Uh, I'm just an old old school classic pumpkin pie person, but I like pumpkin pie. I will say I'm very uh, judgmental on my pumpkin pies. <laughs> so obviously, I'm gonna say that my mom's pumpkin pie is the best because that's what I grew up on. But you know, sometimes I get these. Pumpkin pies where people load up on the nutmeg. Yeah, and like that's what, it just like, it, it you're like uh, yeah. it's not this are it, like super, super dark pumpkin yeah, pies. Yeah, I always stay away from because yeah. there's like too much nutmeg or too exactly. much cinnamon exactly. and you ruin the pumpkin flavor. Yeah. And I'm just uh, oh, you know. That's, I feel like I always get me. one
1: from like Lyman Orchards and I always really like that one. I feel like they don't mess it up. So I, like I hope not. I mean, they are farm, yeah, so. they're all – yeah, that was insane. That would be kind of bad if they're selling it in <laughs> stores and it yeah, just, like, like sucks. It sucks. <laughs> but I actually – I like that one, so I just go with that one usually. I'm like.
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, now that we've uh, tackled the, the pumpkin spice um, seasonal thing, we're going to go into uh, a couple of these factors. So um, – you know, getting ahead of the schedule, Nadine, right? Like, so a lot of people will start already into Thanksgiving and people are like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I got to try to work on my diet. Maybe it'll be starting on the new year. That's something I could work. Mm-hmm. I always like to try and get ahead of that curve. Yeah, exactly. And I always try to push that dieting mm-hmm. before the holidays so you're set in a, in a pattern and a rhythm and you're mm-hmm. working towards something that you know is going to help you just, you know, enjoy the foods that are there, mm-hmm. but not overindulge in the foods. And if you do overindulge on those days, you're not beating yourself up about it. So uh, talk to us, you know, if I'm trying to make a positive change in my diet and I want to kind of start today, what is one of the first steps we should do?
1: So the first thing that you want to consider um, when you're kind of thinking about making a positive change in your diet is what your actual goal is. Um, So is it like a fat loss goal? Is it a muscle gain goal? Is it just body recomposition? and just kind of dialing that in because you don't know what your goal is. You're not going to know where to start with anything and you can't actually develop a plan going forward if you don't know what you're trying to achieve. Um, so if we but, break- so That would be step number one.
0: Yeah, okay. So we're talking about step one, what is my goal? Was it fat loss? Is it muscle growth or body recomposition? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's like take those apart a little bit let's go a little bit further detail in the in, in explanation I mean obviously fat loss is fat loss like yeah you're yeah. trying to lose weight yeah yeah so
1: fat loss could also be like you can also just say it's just weight loss like it's just a weight loss goal and that's gonna be different than than like a body recomposition I think sometimes people get a little confused with those two um but weight loss or fat loss is just you're just trying to lose weight you don't really care like if you're putting on muscle mass, if you're leaning out or toning up or anything like that, you're just trying to get weight off. Trying to, like,
0: lose inches. Yes. Like, yeah. in general. Yeah, you're right? trying to
1: lose inches. You're trying to see the number on the scale go down and stuff like that. Um, muscle gain is obviously, like, the total opposite. So you want to actually be putting yourself into a caloric surplus, which is just you're eating more than um, – then you're actually burning, so you're able to provide your body with more energy and more fuel to be able to put on more muscle mass, have more energy for your workouts and stuff like that, so you can push the weight harder, push the sets harder, and then that way you're stimulating a lot more muscle growth and just time under tension on the muscles. Um, and that way, you could you could be gaining muscle um, without necessarily having like a weight goal, um, but usually if you are putting on muscle mass and you're putting yourself into a caloric surplus, then you're probably gonna put on some type of weight Um, And then a body recomp is almost like I would say in some ways it's almost like the best of both worlds where you're losing some body fat But you're also putting on muscle. So I would say with that like you're not going to see as much of a fluctuation in the scale You can do a total body Recomposition and look totally different and drop a pant size by only losing like maybe one or two pounds or not losing any weight And that, that would be your body recomposition Um, Which is exactly
0: why, you know, you might weigh the same amount as one of your friends and your body looks entirely different. Yeah, And and, I mean, you could be relatively the same height, Mm -hmm. but, you know, each body stores weight in different areas of the body as well, too. And it's and you can't specify direct weight loss in a certain area or anything like that. So when you're doing like body recomposition, um, you know, you're working towards training your body within the calories that you need Mm -hmm. and focusing a lot on your training as well to to target areas that you want to work a little bit harder per se Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, does that sound right yeah yeah and like if you're doing if you have a body recomposition goal like maybe you're in a very very slight deficit in food like if you can maintain your body weight on just like 2,000 calories or something maybe you're eating like 50 to 100 calories less or something like that or like 150 calories less maybe it's not enough where like you're feeling like really hungry or anything, or you could even be eating like what you maintain, Um, but just working on like just the types of foods that you're eating and like your meal timing and like your macro breakdowns and stuff. So making sure that you're getting enough protein, that you're getting enough carbs around the workouts and stuff. It's not just about how much you're eating or if you're eating less. It's like with the body recomp you're almost kind of fine tuning things maybe a little
0: bit more. Uh, yeah, I was just about yeah, to say, I say
1: you're fine tuning the macros a little bit more because that's what's gonna help you make those physical changes of putting on muscle mass and like at the same time decreasing body fat.
0: And I think these that the way that you put them in order is actually the order of difficulty as well. Mm-hmm. Where fat loss is as much as people think it's one of the hardest things to do, fat loss is actually one of the easiest. Yeah. Muscle growth is definitely really tough but you just gotta be in a calorie surplus in general. And then when you're doing body recomposition, now you're being a lot more specific on what you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. On your training days, you can go heavier with carbs. On the non-training days, you wanna be very light Mm -hmm. on carbs. So keep in mind, as well as you set these goals, your experience with nutrition, your experience with diets, as well as how well you've been able to maintain those diets. If you've had a very hard time you know, ever following a diet plan, maybe jumping on that body recomposition and fine tuning it right from the get go might be what you want, but there there might be a, a slower approach to yeah. that rather than all right, body recomposition, we need you eating this and that and in yeah. that time frame. Mm-hmm. Understand that there's levels of, of uh of all this other stuff yeah. too and, yeah. and maybe maybe you have to do a little bit of a fat loss or a muscle growth before you get to body recomposition. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to build that relationship with food a little bit before we dive into your goal. But ultimately, you still want to know the end result goal, yes. like what you're truly yeah. trying to do. Like I am, mm-hmm. I am, I understand that right now, um, I want to know change the composition of my body but to get there one of these steps maybe i might have to up my calories and put on a couple pounds of of weight Mm -hmm. it might mean that hey i might actually have to go into calorie deficient for a Mm -hmm. little bit before we get to the stage yeah, of fine like so tuning, so you can kind of get your body. So I think in general, we want to make sure we understand the long term goal of what we're trying to achieve for our body. And by long term, I don't mean like four years, five yeah, years, yeah. but I mean like, hey, six months. Yes. Like in six months, mm-hmm. what does my bo- What do I want my body to look like? Yes. And in six months is really not a long time. And even if we can drop it down to four months. You can do a yeah. ton of work to your body in a four month time frame. Yes. And in general. For me that's always been like a good amount of time where mm-hmm. I start having a hard time maintaining if I'm going strict on a diet, maintaining it after four months. I need a little bit freer uh, diet at that four month. Yeah. If I've been like really strict with things too. Um, but I you know, either way, there's a big change that can happen in that time mm-hmm. frame, but always knowing what that goal is on the end.
1: Yes, exactly. Um But yeah, once you once you determine what your goal is, then you can kind of go about reflecting, this would be kind of like step two, is reflecting on what's actually stopping you from getting to that goal right now. Because if you don't know what's present, what's preventing you from getting there, you're not going to be able to make the changes that are actually necessary to be able to get you there. If you're just kind of like, okay, I need to do this, but you don't know what's standing in your way, then you're probably going to keep doing the thing that's standing in your way.
0: And what are some examples of things that stand in people's way?
1: Like if someone is trying to, I would say like maybe like like lose fat or like lose weight, Um, If they're doing a lot of like stress eating, they're unaware of how their emotions are affecting like their food choices or if they're like if they're just snacking because they're not eating actual meals throughout the day, then they're probably going to end up overeating throughout the day. Or like they're just not providing their body with like the nutrients that it needs and they're kind of stunting their metabolism and stuff too. Um, That could be another thing too that's kind of preventing you. But kind of taking a look at your diet and seeing if you are eating like three to four actual meals a day or if you're just snacking on things or if you're not really eating – actual food at all and you're just kind of going throughout the day maybe eating like one meal that's another thing too there is such a thing as under eating so much to the point that you can't actually lose weight um that's in that like is like just a whole thing with just like really putting a big kind of just like trench I would I guess would be the right word like a pitchfork I guess in like your metabolism um if like your goal is muscle gain um taking a look at um how much you're actually eating because if you're under eating you're not going to put on muscle like if you're someone that's like always trying to make sure that you're like not eating too much and then you end up at the end of the day being hungry or you're always eating like salads which nothing wrong with salads but if you're not providing your body with like any carb sources yeah, not calorie and dense. you're yeah and you're trying to to lose to put on muscle mass you're not going to do that um and if you're getting enough protein too that's really important for um especially muscle gain yeah, getting man, enough totally. protein throughout the day um is another thing so if you're not really getting any protein at breakfast and you're getting like maybe a little bit of protein at lunch or dinner that's that's really all you're getting for protein your snacks are like granola bars you're probably not going not getting enough protein throughout the day so kind of figuring out where the changes need to be made to your meals to allow you to be able to get more in um and then for body recomposition um that one like we kind of touched on is just a little bit more detailed a little bit tougher Um, but I would say for body recomposition too, you also want to take a look at if you are actually under eating or or eating enough really to stimulate your metabolism because part of changing your body composition is getting the metabolism to work a little bit tougher to be able to put on the muscle mass, but decrease body fat at the same time. Um, so, so it's like, it's like a fine line of eating enough to be able to make those changes, but obviously not overeating to the point that you're getting into the muscle gain type of area. Does that
0: yeah. kind of yeah. make sense yeah. there? Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I think there's also like other factors outside of even just food that yes. hold people back. And yeah. I would say mainly for for women, we, we would see that the prioritization for themselves mm-hmm. you know of, of putting everyone their family their kids and stuff like that before yes. and they don't they don't take that as serious as it as it needs to be mm-hmm. um but even stuff like that like putting making prioritizing your goal yeah. is is as simple as that sounds is one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. especially when you're a mom or you're you know a, a woman's a lot harder to do than a guy yeah I'll, yeah I will say
1: like if you're someone where you kind of find yourself saying a lot throughout the day I just don't have time I don't have time I don't have time you probably have time somewhere you're just not making it a priority um and I know that can sound kind of like harsh sometimes when people say that but it's true it's like you have you you will make time for the things that you want to prioritize um and maybe that's just like doing something simple where just blocking off like an hour of your day on your schedule not to like do anything else. That's when, like, your kids are at daycare and you're home, and you block off an hour where you're not cleaning, you're not doing anything else. You're doing like your workout or your meal prepping or something like that. And those things are just going to set you up for success for like your what your actual goal is. Where if you're constantly neglecting it and pushing it off to the side, you're not gonna you're not yeah. gonna achieve it. Um, even, and it, even if you are doing small things here and there, it's just like if you're not prioritizing it, it's not going to be enough to actually make the changes that you want. Um, And then two, like I kind of touched on this a little bit, was also like just your metabolism too, where if people are chronically under eating or just like you're eating one meal a day or you're eating like very, very small, small meals and constantly trying to restrict the amount of food that you're eating, there's probably a a high chance that you're in just like this chronic caloric deficit. Um, And when you think about caloric deficits, I would say you don't want to be in one for longer than like six months, like, like one that is healthy for your body. Um, where you can still maintain functions of everything Um, where if you've been in a caloric deficit for like one to three years or whatever there's people I know that have been under eating for like three years and stuff and like you can probably have I have like a good good guess that their metabolism is just kind of like just what the heck like your metabolism will slow down to match the amount of food that you're eating so if you're constantly eating a very little amount of food your metabolism is going to slow down so then you can use the energy for other things to kind of keep yourself going for like just like just processes of the body for your organ function and your brain function and stuff like that um, and the metabolism is just going to just slow down. You're going to be burning a lot less calories throughout the day and your body is probably going to want to be retaining fat so it can use it as like a fuel source to be, just be able to hold on to, like, other things and stuff and be able to keep things going. So that's another thing to consider, too. If you kind of take a look at your diet, there is such a thing, like I said, as under-eating to the point that you actually can't lose weight or you're just, like, just completely just, like, just ruining your metabolism.
0: Yeah, like, the thing is with with carbs, like, we always think, you know, people are really afraid of carbs and stuff like that, but carbs go in and out of your body relatively quickly. Like, yeah. people don't realize, but – Yeah because they go in and out of your body, you crave them a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is ultimately you're eating too much carbs because you're not aware of what you should be eating calorically and now you're Mm -hmm. putting on weight and now you learn to hate carbs. But in reality, when you keep your carbs at the level of homeostasis of what your body is trying to regulate, Mm -hmm. your body will gladly use fat as an energy Mm -hmm. source. And so we'll utilize the carbs real quickly, eat Mm -hmm. them up, and then it goes into the fat of our body and starts eating away at that. And we could feed ourselves fat and 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 continuously fuel the body. Yeah. And it's like the 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 carbs are like putting a piece pieces of paper and cardboard in a fire where putting fats in the body is like putting a log in the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you could have that long, slow, steady burn mm-hmm. by eating fats, or you could have that quick spike and fast and hot burn of paper, the carbohydrates. Yeah. And that's why having more of that balance and trying to figure that stuff out is so important. Mm -hmm. And also why you shouldn't be afraid of carbs. Like, and you know, there's a big kick of like ketosis that was going on and keto diets. And how these drinks will magically get you in fat burning by peeing on these sticks. And like the shit is ridiculous because uh, the the keto acetates that are coming out of your urine and you're like, look, I'm burning, I'm burning fat. Like, no, you're just, uh, you're, you're, you're you're urinating out the keto acetones that are in excess of your body. But that's, that's my little rant about a lot of people who like swear by these keto keto OS drinks and shit like that. Listen. Your body's going to burn fat if you just feel it right and you put it right, right. protein first, put some damn carbs in there, Mm -hmm. eat a bunch of fat, eat more fat and protein in your days you're not working Mm -hmm. on, basic stuff. But all that stuff becomes really easy to understand when you go back to that first step of what Nadine said of creating a goal, knowing where you want to go, and then we're on step two of just like what's been stopping you to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, once we figure out what's stopping us, what's the next
1: step this is where you kind of start to kind of begin the steps of like developing your, your your plan going forward so you definitely want to have like a plan of action so determining number one would be how you want to go about kind of keeping yourself accountable or tracking your food intake and that can be different for different people based on what works be- works works best for them so if you're a numbers person and you like having like you like seeing the number of calories that You should be eating or your carbs and your fats and your proteins and stuff like that and you like having numbers to try and meet as targets then that would be probably a good approach for you would be like tracking your calories or tracking your macros if you're someone where numbers kind of really stress you out and they're overwhelming and like you just like you've tried tracking before and you get overwhelmed you just don't do it then maybe tracking isn't the right way or maybe we need to ease you into it by starting with something different so in that case I would say we can start with almost just figuring out your portion sizes and just getting yourself to regulate that so you know, okay, I'm having carbs, I'm going to have a half cup of carbs or I'm going to have like a palm size of protein and stuff like that. And you don't even have to go crazy where you're weighing your food. Like I said, you can use your hand and that's going to be a a good guide and it is fairly accurate too. You don't need to be 100% to the T on everything, but it is going to give you a good idea of how much food you should be eating and just regulating that. Um, Or... If you're someone where, like we can always go into just like just straight calories, where you're just tra- tracking your calories. So you could be doing portion sizes and just focusing on meeting a specific caloric goal instead of going into the macros of everything. Um, so kind of determining first if you do wanna go with a numbers approach or if you wanna go with more of just a portion size type of approach. Um, and there's like, yeah, so that, that would be step number three is figuring out how you want to approach things. Um, Another thing too with portion sizes is one way to kind of hold yourself accountable to it too or just kind of know is I know some people will do this where they'll get like a checklist of they want to have X palm sizes of protein throughout the day and they'll kind of check it off and stuff so you know that you're getting enough protein throughout the day. You want to have X like cupped handfuls of carbs and you kind of check it off throughout the day. Um, and yeah. that could be a good way to go about it too. Yeah, or, it's very similar to sizes. like
0: uh zone dieting or our uh Weight Watchers where they put a number yeah. to food. Yeah where yeah. like you could use your hand as the number, like I would need four servings of protein and I need mm-hmm. three fistfuls of carbs. And, yeah, yeah. And just and, kind of and, yeah, going about it that making way. Making it a little bit easier on numbers rather than trying to calculate well, I've had 1,926 calories yeah. and I need to get another 76 calories in for the day. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, how do I get that how in? How do I get like, that? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Those little bit of calories, they don't matter. No. If, if, if no. you're new to dieting, yeah. if, if you haven't been on a strict diet, those little bit of calories or a couple grams of macros mm-hmm. aren't that important yeah
1: and even if you are doing like a numbers approach it's probably not going to be 110 percent accurate whatever you're tracking it's just an estimate because, so yeah you could still be slightly off in those ways too so it's either way it's going to it's not going to be totally totally perfect um and then step number four once you kind of figure out the way that you want to be going about approaching it would be to kind of schedule it into your die or pri- dot into your die to schedule it <laughs> into your day or like prioritize thinking diet um. So so in in that way, it would be to, if you're going to be doing meal prep, kind of prioritizing what days and what times you're going to be doing meal prep. Um, if you do want to be doing workouts, figuring out what days and times you're doing workouts and setting that aside. Um, another thing, too, is I think a lot of people also have trouble almost like, I would say almost like prioritizing three meals or three or four meals throughout the day or if you're someone that snacks all day and you don't know how to actually get yourself on a consistent eating like routine, would be to almost even schedule when you're gonna be eating. And it doesn't need to be like to a T, it could be you're eating your breakfast somewhere within, you could put 8 a.m. but it's somewhere within like 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. If you're eating your lunch then, it could be you're eating lunch at 12 or you're eating lunch at one, then you're eating dinner at five or something like that and kind of just scheduling those meals into the day so you are still getting enough food And you're getting those main balanced meals with carbs, fats, and proteins in them. Um,
0: Yeah. You you know, one thing that I did uh, last year I started doing was I usually just, like, try to eat my meal fast because there's so much shit to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everyone lives a busy schedule. No matter what it is, everyone lives a busy schedule. Yeah. And we take food, and it's a – as this is a lifeline, which we should have an entire higher priority on – the importance of food in our life, mm-hmm. we put money making and work and everything else uh, at a higher priority. So we're starving ourselves, yeah. under eating, overeating, eating shitty, and a mix of all that. And what I started doing is, even though I live alone, I would make a meal and then I would sit at my table and I would schedule out when I'm eating, but I would sit at my table by myself without any electronics, without mm-hmm. anything like that sit at my dinner table by myself, and I would eat my meal and just stare outside and eat it. And mm-hmm. to me, it allowed a lot of things to happen. One, it allowed my brain to get away from work, away from what's going on in the day. It gives my brain a little bit of a recess to calm down, refocus. Mm-hmm. Two, now I'm eating my food in a seated position uh, at a table, like we should be doing. Yeah, And it allows me to enjoy mo- my food, Taste my food, and I don't have anything around me, electronics or reading or TV or anything like that, that's Mm going to distract me from what my body is feeling as I put the food in so I can tell that I'm full or um, at the same time keep my brain just going. And um, it's a little bit tough right from the get go to do, but I'll tell you what, it's just, it's almost enjoyable. I almost look forward to like sitting down at my meal. And just slowly eating. Yeah. And if you don't schedule that in your time frame and you don't put that in your, in your schedule, you're going to skip over that stuff. And it's, it's silly, but as much time that you spend eating and putting that food in, you're going to feel better about the way that the food is, you know, processed into your body. Your digestion is going to improve. Yes. There's just a lot of benefit of sitting down at a table and eating without any distractions, without any electronics for your brain, for your body. And You have to do You have to schedule it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're just going to get a lot more out of that meal too because part of it isn't just obviously just getting the food in. It's also you want to be able to absorb and digest the food too so you can actually utilize it for energy and your metabolism will just work better that way too. Um, So definitely making the time to actually sit there and eat your meal and you're going to, like you said, you're going to enjoy it a lot better or a lot more. Um, But yeah, and then once you kind of schedule it into your day and you make it a priority, then taking those small steps – um, to be able to get to your goal. So, and determining kind of what those small steps are. So, what you don't want to do is kind of set your goal, okay, you're scheduling it into your day, and now you're just throwing yourself into doing everything all at once, especially if you're someone that has never really like tracked their food or never really ate like whole foods or anything like that. If you try and do everything all at once where you're tracking, you're trying to hit your macros, you're trying to eat, all whole foods then you're probably going to get overwhelmed you're trying to meal prep all those things it's just going to be a lot all at once so setting small goals where maybe the first one to two weeks is to have like your set meal times and your schedule and you're planning out your food in advance okay cool once you have those set meal times maybe now you start implementing meal prep you're just, you're seeing that like you're not actually sometimes it gets to be inconvenient to make your food right away and sometimes you are rushing a little bit then you start implementing meal prep and that way, you have your food set. You have your meal times that you're, or the times that you're eating. And then maybe you start focusing a little bit more on dialing in the portion sizes, getting your protein to be like a palm size, or focusing on getting maybe a little bit more fats in your meals and stuff. And then maybe we work our way into going into calories um, or going into macros after that and stuff. So you don't want to be doing everything all at once because it's going to be an overload for your brain, and then you're probably not going to end up sticking to it. You want it to. Be slow progressions forward because that's how you're going to make the lasting change going forward too.
0: Yeah, and you know, like when when we do like meal prep too, a good tip is like pick like four or five recipes mm-hmm. and and stick with those recipes. Like stick with those recipes if you can for a couple weeks because just rotate through them. Yeah, rotate through them, but every week you're going to be relatively cooking the same type of food, mm-hmm. the same amount of food. You're going to know how long it takes. You're going to know how to portion size it and at the end of let's say four weeks you spent four weeks cooking the same five meals let's just say Mm -hmm. and rotating through them that's become a habit like you you don't need to think about like i need you know you probably don't need to look at the recipe anymore if you Mm -hmm. are looking at a recipe yeah two if you are waiting weighing your food to get the correct macro so you're tracking that you're going to understand portion size almost without that scale so as you're going through these steps, even in four weeks, you're building up a database that now you can look at food and be like, oh, that's a good portion size for yes. me. Yeah. So when we go into the holidays mm-hmm. and you're overwhelmed with the volume of food, you're going to go, oh, I am gonna could use this massive scoop of mm-hmm. uh, green bean casserole or like you would normally do, or you're like, hey, I know my body just needs a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of this. This yeah. will satisfy the need of getting the flavor all these different mm-hmm. foods without doing full scoops on there because you know in general how much uh, food on your plate should be there in portion. Now, there's stuff that's a lot more cal- caloric dense than others. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there's all this fine-tuning, but in general, you're going to build that up. And then mm-hmm. the next four weeks, change up the four recipes. Maybe yeah. you learn five new recipes or maybe keep a couple the same that you enjoyed Mm -hmm. and swap out a couple that you didn't like as much. Mm -hmm. But this is a really good way to just do that, to build up your database of food, build up your knowledge and start getting away from having to look at the piece of paper or look at the phone, what it says for your macros or Mm -hmm. portion sizes to start building and, and that intuitive natural way of eating and natural way of like creating a happy and healthy lifestyle with food.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I think it's important to, like, remember, too, that even if you do start tracking your food or logging your food or anything like that when you're trying to reach a specific goal, that – those things are not meant to be, like, a lifelong thing. It's just meant to be something to help you dial things in. Um, It can teach you a lot with what your portion sizes should look like when you are logging your food. You're going to – like, you kind of said, like, you're going to know what three ounces of, like, cooked chicken looks like because you've been, like, logging it for so long or you're going to know – And then you'll be able to kind of wean yourself off of that while still maintaining pretty much the same portion sizes and appropriate amounts of food, um, just because you spent that time really learning and dialing it in from that too. So it's not meant to be something that you're doing long-term, it's just something that is meant to help guide you and help fine tune things, and then you'll be able to carry that information and what you learned from it forward um, to maintain what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and if you take your approach to looking at diets that way, um, I think it helps really build a, a long-lasting relationship with food. And, yeah. and also the fact that when your body weight does fluctuate because, hey, we have had a, a higher stress time in our life for a couple months and we didn't have the, uh, the opportunity to do what we, we were able to do, mm-hmm. it allows us to transition back to getting on a diet or getting into a healthier eating habits yeah. a little bit easier. Yeah. And we know that we could do it as well, too. And, and, and that's the big thing that a lot of people, I think, struggle with is a lot of people don't believe they can lose the weight or they don't they don't believe that this is going to work or they don't trust themselves or they have right. some sort of thing that's holding them back that they might be afraid to admit or they've just gotten to the point where, hey, I've tried everything. Nothing's going to work. This is the way yeah. I am. And they have yeah. accepted the way that their body is, mm-hmm. which great it's good to accept the way your body is, but we also should be able to accept that we are capable of making that change if we put in that hard work. And this kind of goes back to a couple of the other steps of like, what are you struggling with? Mm. What it's holding back. And these steps that Nadine just ran through, you can literally go through them up and down and, and at different stages of your life. And as Mm. you learn one step one, and we get that dialed in, then we can go on to two and three. And then if you need more help, to figure out what struggles you're with or maybe we need a little bit more help dialing in our numbers now because we went from fat loss now i want to do body recomposition mm-hmm. it just makes that transition a lot easier and smoother in the understanding and that's what it comes down to i mean you nailed it nadine when you said like these aren't meant to be lifelong this is your diet for yeah, lifelong. because yeah. if it is no one does it.
1: yeah no no, <laughs> no you're, one. you're gonna go through phases of like Being, like, maintaining, and you're going to go through phases of putting on muscle mass or maybe putting on a little bit of weight and then wanting to decrease that a little bit. And it's going to be, like, kind of a little bit of just, like, an up and down. But you want it to be, like, healthy fluctuations too.
0: And just like fitness we talk about, you want to – it sounds – fun me but like you want to make it fun like you know like I I, sometimes you know the excitement when a lot of people get start diets like Mm -hmm. yes I'm starting this yeah yeah right get that excitement and you can carry that through when you Mm -hmm. every four weeks when you change up your meal plan or or, you know, hey, I wanna try this for four weeks and then I'm gonna come off of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot the hard sometimes the hardest part of that diet is not the actual diet itself. It's once you come off and trying to maintain that. Yeah. But if you do it properly and you do it correctly and you take that slow approach and you let it go for four months or three months or whatever your time frame is and and don't force results or expect them tomorrow, your body's gonna naturally adapt to that and it'll be a lot easier coming off that diet and maintaining your body weight because most of us will maintain our debi- body weight like re- whether we eat something over eat yeah, under eat yeah. every day to day basis yeah, in yeah. general most of us are going to maintain whatever body weight because the yeah. body wants to do that so we put in the work we dial it to where our body wants to be for that time period mm-hmm. and then let that body stay at that weight yeah. then reapproach it again get, grab mm-hmm. on, get onto another plan that's going to help you fine tune it a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then let it be and and keep on picking away that way.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: These are awesome. I really like all these different factors that you brought up Nadine today to help kind of make a positive change in your diet. Try those out at the same time. If you have any questions, Nadine is here to help Mm -hmm. reach out to her, reach out to us. Uh, Anyway, we can get you started um, obviously with a nutrition plan with you um, or, you know, just sit down and you know, for 20 minutes you can talk to Nadine she can kind of direct you, ask what the biggest issues that you're having. She can help you out with that and then also let you know that what we have to offer for nutrition programs and, yep. and, and get you started with that. Um, as always, reach out to us if you got questions. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Cheers.